Welcome back to the Magic Story Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm your other host, Harless. This is the podcast where we recap the fiction story of Magic the Gathering and add our own flavor text and reactions. So yeah, we're back. Surprise! I know, I know, we said we were done with season four last episode, but we couldn't go just yet. We have something very, very special for you in today's bonus episode. We've already wrapped up the two stories from March of the Machine, The Aftermath, where we learned what happened with some of the planeswalkers responsible for ending the Phyrexian invasion on the multiverse. Throughout season four, the main story of March of the Machine, we learned what happened on many of the planes that Elish Norn invaded with Realmbreaker and her legions of Phyrexians. Today, as a bonus episode, we want to tell you one of the side stories that we did not cover in last season. The story of what happened on the whimsical fairy tale plane of Eldraine, which happens to be one of my favorite planes in the magic multiverse. Today's story is Eldraine, the Adventures of Rankle, Master of Love, and is written by Jenna Helland. So join us as we head back into the multiverse for a bonus episode. Before we jump in, I just want to say Eldraine is, to me, just so accessible if you're a fan of storybook tales with knights, castles, and fairies. It's based on some of my favorite fairy tales that I know by heart, and it's beautiful and magical and colorful, but as we'll see in today's story, things are not always what they seem on Eldraine. So good news on that front is that Magic's upcoming set, Wilds of Eldraine, will be taking us back to the storybook world. But before we revisit the realm, we're going to tell you about the impact Phyrexia had on Eldraine, which was targeted alongside countless other planes during Elish Norn's attempt to take over the multiverse. So as this story opens, it is immediately clear that the tone has shifted. March of the Machine was dark and epic with heavy emotions and severe consequences. We saw the potential for true evil and destruction in some of our favorite planeswalkers, and we even lost characters, friends, along the way. But here on Eldraine, well, it doesn't seem that news of an impending invasion has made it to the Boundarylands of Eldraine. Our story begins with a character named Rankle. Rankle is a fairy rogue, and his full character name on a card from Throne of Eldraine is Rankle, Master of Pranks, which tells us a lot that we need to know about Rankle. I also found this great piece that Chris Mooney wrote in 2019 titled Planeswalker's Guide to Eldraine, which describes the Fae of Eldraine as follows. The Fae of Eldraine are among the most diverse in the multiverse. Though all are winged humanoid creatures, they appear in many different shapes, sizes, and temperaments. The common thread among all Fae is their love of messing with humans and their precious virtues, even when compared to other fair folk. I read that too, and it talks about how... There are three types of fae. There are the meddling fae, which, as their name implies, like to meddle in the lives of humans, whether to help or to harm. They're the only fae that are considered to be occasionally benevolent. These fae are about the size of an adult human with long, flowing white garments and an eerie, angelic glow. Then there are the thieving fae, who steal anything they can and really enjoy sowing confusion and frustration. These tricksters are small, no taller than an apple, and have sharp, pointed blue wings and hair. 
And then there are the prankster fae, who love to cause annoyance, anger, and pain through pranks that are truly mean. They have gray skin and are about the size of a human child, with sullen yellow eyes and feathery black wings. And this, the prankster fae, is the type of fae that Rankle is. The article goes on to say, Apparently, a fairy named Rankle has become infamous among his fellow pranksters, earning him the title of Master of Pranks. Given the cruelty of the pranks I've witnessed thus far, I hope neither you nor I will ever need to learn what kind of horrible deeds it takes to earn the prankster title of Master. But here we are, about to learn just some of what makes Rankle Rankle, which is very exciting. And I'm actually going to read the opening of the story for us so that y'all can get a sense of just how different the vibe is on Eldraine during this invasion right off the bat. Rankle swaggered into the clearing, his pockets stuffed with stones and magic dust. He was ready for a fight, but his friends were weaponless and in good spirits. Gleefully, they showed him a throne they had constructed out of mossy rocks and red gold leaves. Orla threw rose petals in his direction, and Pfeiffer wore a dead rabbit on his head, a fine new hat fit for a coronation. Rankle whooped with delight. Days of torment had paid off. They were about to make him their king. Only Mags stood to one side, chewing her lip with her sharpened teeth and scuffing her bare foot through the fallen leaves. Lord Rankle, approach the throne, Pfeiffer proclaimed in as formal voice as he could muster. Orla began the recitation. With much ado, we bestow upon you the circumstance of lordliness and sequential regal heralding. Where's my crown? Wrangle barked with authority. Everyone looked at Mags, who looked even more cross. Do your part, Mags, Pfeiffer yelped. Wrangle gave Mags his best regal smile. He liked her the best. She was clever with a knife and had sleek black wings like a bat. Sometimes they ambushed caravans together, and once they'd made the questing beast cry. Mags scowled. She reached into her cloak and produced a tiara made from acorns and glass shards. Rankle's heart beat a little faster. Mags had been the most resistant to his leadership demands. But maybe she loved him after all. She must, or they'd still be stabbing each other over who got to be the king. Mags fluttered across the glade and jammed the tiara onto his head. Ouch, said Rankle. She gave him a snarling smile and a little curtsy, which made his heart sore. Rankle reached his throne and settled down on the crunchy leaves. He gazed out at his subjects and wished there were more of them. But he had to start somewhere, and three was better than none. So I just have to say, like, right off the bat, there's it's just such a clear tone shift over, like, from the word choice to all of the, the conversations that's happening between the characters. It's clear without without like having to read too much into it, that you're not supposed to take it all seriously. Like it's supposed to be silly and like just lighthearted through this whole, through this whole scene. And I, that's something that I love about Eldraine. <laughs> I, I love it so much and that it's just, it's whimsical. It's, it's fairy tale. So different than the Phyrexian invasion, which was all serious and epic war and the stakes were really high. It just does not seem high stakes, which I absolutely love. Yeah, and fairies, I mean, in Eldraine, fairies are not, like, nice little magical, fun, happy creatures, and you immediately get to know that here right off the bat, which is so fun, because you're right, it's such a different tone from Elish Norn. You know, Rankle could have a Phyrexian 
after him and might not even know it. And we'll actually get to that later. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this like word choice, like from right off the bat, when I read this, I like underlined swaggered because I don't think I have ever seen that word written, in, like especially not in the Phyrexian invasion, but wrinkle swaggered into the clearing. I just chuckled aloud, like immediate, in like the best way, because it just said everything I needed to know within the second word in the whole episode. So I just absolutely loved it. Like I said, very, very different from what's been happening on Dominaria or Zendikar or Kamigawa or any other plane that's been faced with the Phyrexian invasion so far. It's all been very serious on the other planes, but not so much here. Some things, there's there's just a different vibe about it. Okay, so back into the story, Rankle begins to tell the group something as their ruler. And as he does this, Mags takes out a knife and cuts a rope, which traps Rankle in a net and just hoists him up into a tree. And as the group laughs at poor Wrinkle, yes, they're they're standing around and laughing at him after this. He asks them why they did this, and they tell him he's just too mean. And this is from the story. You put bees in my mouth when I was sleeping, Orla said. That's mean? Wrinkle protested. Mags uses eyeballs in her slingshot. Not my eyes, Orla pointed out. You sewed my mouth shut. Pfeiffer reminded him. You're fine now, Rankle protested. Look at you. You won't shut up. We don't want you here, Mags repeated. Will you go or not? No, Rankle said stubbornly. He turned his head away so she couldn't see his lip quiver. This is my glade. I just let you stay here because I'm nice. The other fairies decide that they'll let Rankle down if he agrees to leave and never come back. But as soon as they let him down, he uses that glass tiara they gave him to headbutt Mags, which, ouch. So yeah, he's just not a nice fairy, even among the other fae. The group of fairies overpower Rankle and pin him to the ground by his wing, warning him not to struggle lest it rip. Rankle's response? Don't tell me what to do. So he struggles, and his wing is ripped. Look what you've done, Mags said, yanking the stick out. Rankle's wing was in tatters. Ow, Wrinkle said, trying to flap, but his wing hurt even more. Orla and Pfeiffer stepped back, looking vaguely sorry. Usually, when someone got hurt, it wasn't permanent. Maybe that changed how they felt. Can I stay? Wrinkle asked, craning his head around to inspect the damage. No, all three of them yelled. We don't like you, Pfeiffer shouted. No one does, Mag said, yanking the tiara off his head. Wrinkle tried to fly up and away, but couldn't. With his now useless wing, he stomped out of the glade. So Rankle leaves the clearing and heads onto the road that traverses the Borderlands and Eldraine. The Borderlands is the space between the realm and the wilds, and he's cursing birds and anything else that dares cross his path as he goes. Eventually, he decides his next steps. Rankle hadn't spent much time with humans, but he considered himself an expert. If you wanted friends, you needed coin. He vowed to rob the first human that he saw. Now that he had a plan... His spirits brightened. With a plan in place, Wrinkle quickly finds a human mark in a white-haired band named Shulane, who has gathered a group around him and is warning them all about how something terrible is about to befall them. He even holds up a leaf with a symbol burned into it, which we should be familiar with by now, is one of the signs of the Phyrexian invasion. I wonder mm-hmm. what symbol that is. Yeah. <laughs> but he's quickly mocked by the villagers, and the children even throw rocks at the old man. As he hurries away from the village, Rankle follows him. There's a line in here that says, Rankle loved a good bout of rock throwing as much as anyone. 
but since the youth were unlikely to have any, he followed the distraught man. So again, not a great person, our Wrinkle. Not at all. Wrinkle follows Shulane toward Lochthwain Castle as the man talks to himself about warning the queen. And eventually, they see the castle through an overlook on the road. And I'll read this from the story. When Shulane paused to take in the view, Wrinkle clambered higher up the hillside, ready to make his move. But he caught sight of Lochthwain Castle in the valley below, and all thoughts of ambush were forgotten. Although Wrinkle had heard tales of it since he was a bairn, this was his first glimpse of the floating castle, which reminded him of a majestic ship atop an ocean of clouds. Its graceful spires and massive battlements gleamed despite the dimness of the day. Wrinkle could see a royal procession snaking up the switchbacks toward them. Knights in black and gold armor escorted Queen Ayara's carriage up the treacherous road. Queen Ayara reigned over the Lochthwain court and had a reputation for being fierce and cunning, just like Wrinkle himself. She had survived countless husbands and was looking for suitors who matched her regal bearing and intelligence. Wrinkle watched until the carriage, draped in the purple heraldry of Lochthwain, crested the hill. Even though he'd never seen her, Wrinkle had long admired the queen, and he snuck closer to Shulane for a better look. As Wrinkle gets closer to the old man, Shulane notices Wrinkle and clutches his money belt and cries out, Ah, fairy, don't touch my gold. Wrinkle sighed. His curiosity had ruined the element of surprise, but he still had a pocket of magic dust and plenty of time to make mischief after the spectacle had passed. And as this happens, the queen's caravan approaches the fairy and the old man on the road. And as Wrangle moves aside to let it pass, Shulane jumps in front of it, causing her knights to flank the man and point their swords at him. Shulane begs to talk to the queen as Wrangle sneaks through the carriage just in time to see the skirts of the queen as she makes her way out of the carriage. And again, this is from the story. Peering through the wheel's spokes, Wrangle saw the queen's gloved hand lightly touch Shulane's shoulder. What long fingers you have, my queen. Shulane stuttered as he scrambled to his feet. What is so important, storyteller? Ayara asked in the sweetest voice imaginable. Her voice was so compelling that Wrangle maneuvered for a better view. Evil is coming, my queen, Shulane said. The skies will soon open, and unimaginable horrors will rain down upon us. Is that so? Ayara murmured. Well, come inside and tell me everything. As the two passed by him, Wrinkle caught a glimpse of Ayara's face. He felt like he'd been smacked by a troll. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't think. He just lay in the center of the road while knights spurred their horses onward and the carriage rolled over him, leaving strange black tracks in its wake. So, based on that last part of that sentence there, it seems like the queen has probably already been corrupted by Phyrexia. That's decidedly not good for Eldraine. Rankle, however, does not notice this, because Rankle is completely smitten with the queen. The way was clear for the first time since Mag stabbed him with her pokey stick. He knew what he must do. He must become Ayara's next husband. And to be fair, Queen Ayara is still... Stunning. She's an elf with a petite nose, pointy ears, full lips, and intricate clothing. She wears a bell, like a black veil, over a crown with these two long horn-like spikes on either side of it, and has this really cool um, nose piercing that's attached to her ear via two thin gold chains. And she's always wearing these like purple, black, and golds with a bit of burgundy thrown in there in her costuming. And she's just really, really stunning. She is very regal looking too for like, you, there's no mistakes that she is queen just by the way that she looks. And so 
our our guy, Rankle, heart full of thoughts of the queen, skips down the lane to find the one thing he knows will win the queen over. A love potion, a charm, or a spell. He'll need to first find a witch in order to obtain one, though. Eventually, Rankle arrives in Edgewall, only to find it deserted, save for the rats pouring out of the sewers. By the time Rankle reached the charm shop, the rats were scurrying up the walls of the shops and lining up along the top edge of the roof with their little faces toward the sky. Their strange behavior broke Rankle out of his revel. A ring of swirling smog tinged with a red glow marked the sky above the village. Rankle shrugged. It was a day for strange magics. Rankle needed some strange magics of his own. And this, this quote just perfectly <laughs> sums up this kind of the whole shrug. There's, there's always magic and crazy stuff going on in Eldraine. So this is just no different. There's just like the sky turned red. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. And I think because he's a fae too, he's probably just like, oh, probably someone of my kind did it, right? Right, right. It wouldn't be so out of the ordinary to see something kind of crazy like that in Eldraine. Uh, but at the same time, I also think Rankle just like doesn't, I don't know if Rankle's capable of seeing outside of Rankle, you know? <laughs> yeah, he is. He, what he wants, Rankle, like that's all he cares about. <laughs> so. Very one-track minded, very hyper-focused. Yeah. <laughs> so Rankle enters the shop to find it seemingly empty, but he's no fool. He knows there's probably someone in there since it's a witch's shop. Undeterred, he shouts out that he needs a love potion, and a disembodied voice replies that the little fae should go away. Rankle tells the witch that he is not leaving until he gets what he wants, and to further his point, he goes over to a shelf of colorful potions, picks a gold one up, and smashes it on the floor. Searing white light burst upward, singeing his hair and scorching the ceiling. But Rankle didn't pause. He reached for another bottle. Blood red, how fun, but a shimmer in the corner made him hesitate. When the glamour dispersed, an elegant and very irritated woman towered over him. What if you just smashed the very thing you came for, she asked. Rankle stopped, impressed by the woman's mind-reading powers. How do you know what I came for? And obviously Rankle announced he was looking for a love potion when he entered the shop. She is not reading his mind. And I just found this so delightful because he's like, I want a love potion. How did you know that I want a love potion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just a really cute moment. I agree. Um, the witch asks Rankle why he wants a love potion. And he tells her of his plan to marry Queen Ayara. You and everyone else from here to Garenbrig, the witch said. Love potions are creepy and we have bigger problems. now." Hurry along. I must finish my packing. Marenko just reaches for another potion bottle and smashes it onto the ground, releasing pickled grubs that bounce around the room like rubber balls. I just love that the witch calls it like she sees it. Love potions are creepy. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that line. Just so <laughs> love potions are creepy. The witch has at this point had enough of Rankle and she magically lifts him from the ground and pulls him nose to nose with her. She calls him a little void of destruction and misery, which is something I know I've called my cat before, before giving him a choice. The witch tells Rankle that she's leaving Edgewall to rendezvous with some of the other fae, and Rankle can come with her to fight the impending doom, or he can go on a search for a love flower, which will win Ayara's heart forever. So, obviously, our Rankle chooses the love flower. Obviously. That is correct. To no one's surprise, he chooses the love flower. And the witch tells him that it's going to be a long and difficult journey. 
and you must promise not to return to Edgewall until you find it. Love flower, Wrinkle yelled as the witch released him from her spell, and he tumbled unceremoniously onto the floor. The witch loomed over him. Do not abandon your quest because you're tired, hungry, or bored. Promise me, little fay. Wrinkle got up, brushed himself off, and grinned. I'm Wrinkle, and you have my word, he promised. I'm not sure how good Wrinkle's word is, but I'll roll with it. Right? Like, I agree completely. I don't know that I would trust the master of pranks under any circumstances, especially with, like, a task at this moment in time when things are so treacherous. Yeah. So Wrinkle follows the witch's directions to try to find the flower, which she called the long-lasting lilac of longing, as a tongue twister. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Seriously, long-lasting lilac of longing. Long-lasting long lasting lilac of longing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try. But he isn't having any luck finding the flower. He's in the woods, and there are all of these booms happening in the sky, which he can't see very well through the trees. He begins to think that maybe the witch sent him on a fool's errand and there is no flower. He says, this is a dumb quest, and begins to head back to Edgewall. As he makes his way, a herd of elk nearly run him over, but he's able to pull himself into a low branch to avoid them. Rude, he called after them. He was about to jump down when a strange creature lurched into the clearing. Wrinkle squinted at the beast's white spikes and glowing red ribs. It had three tails and no eyes and was the size and shape of a dog. A thick black liquid drooled out of its mouth. Dog slobbered, so close enough. Hello, puppy, Wrinkle said, hopping down from his branch. He liked dogs. <laughs> I, I have already read this, and this just, I snorted and just started cracking up. <laughs> oh, this is the beauty of this story. This is, this is the beauty of Eldrain, and I am... So I'm so excited to do more stories in Eldrade. I just have to say, this is, is going to be so much fun. Okay. So, oh man, Wrinkle. That is not a puppy. <laughs> no. It is not a puppy. It is a Phyrexian. Exactly. And Wrinkle realizes this pretty quickly when the beast lashes at him. And he's able to barely avoid the first attack, but he soon finds himself cornered. And after a brief battle, I'll read this from the story. Hiding behind his eyelids, Wrinkle heard a mechanical yelp, metal scraping, and a squish. He opened his eyes and saw the beast in two halves and a red-bearded dwarf yanking his axe out of the carnage. Wrinkle's eyes darted from the leaking corpse to the massive axe to a golden ring glowing on the dwarf's finger. That's a nice... Wrinkle caught himself. Best to admire the ring secretly, for now. That's a nice axe, he finished. Hurry, the dwarf said. There's more on the way. Seeing as how the dwarf had a big axe and a shiny ring, Wrinkle followed. Wow, so Wrinkle isn't even a little bit grateful that this dwarf just saved him. He just saved his life. He's just interested in his shiny ring and this big old shiny axe. Sounds about right, though, for a fairy from Eldraine. So Wrinkle muses that the night is unnaturally black and foul, with strange creatures that chittered from the shadows. However, this doesn't seem to be much of a concern to him. In fact, he wishes the dwarf, whose name is Torbran, would stop talking about the evil seed pods and a really mean tree. They set up for the night inside a cave that Torbran finds, which is when Torbran tells Wrinkle that the courts have fallen and that the Kenriths, essentially the highest royal family in Eldraine, are gone. 
Okay, I hate that phrasing because it leaves me with so many questions about what Phyrexia is actually doing to Eldraine right now. When he says the Kenriths are gone and, and we, you know, when I think of the Kenriths, I think of Will and Rowan and we haven't really gotten to them on the podcast yet, but we will be talking about them next season. You don't need to know a ton about them right now, to be honest. You just need to know that they are twin siblings from the Kenrith family and they're mis- they're gone right now. And I don't know if that gone means Phyrexianized, if it means that they're missing, that they're dead. Either way, Rankle sure doesn't care. Torbrin tells Rankle that tomorrow they're going to make their stand at Lothwain and reveals that they have laid a trap for the invaders. And this really excites Rankle because that's where Queen Ayara is. And this dwarf is now taking Rankle right to the target of his love spell. So just before dawn, Rankle sneaks over to the sleeping dwarf and sprinkles some fairy dust on that ring Rankle had been coveting ever since Torbrin rescued him. The fairy dust turns the ring into a caterpillar that starts to crawl off Torbrand's finger towards Wrinkle. But before Wrinkle has the ring slash caterpillar fully in his possession, Torbrand wakes up and says, my ring is gone, which clues Wrinkle into the fact that it's probably more than a ring. It's a magical ring. Wrinkle scoops the caterpillar up and begins to lick the fairy dust off of it. Of course he does. Just... You know, like licking the fairy dust off of it. Of course, he does. Off of a caterpillar, <laughs> right? A like, caterpillar. What? I, I just the the image that came up into my head, like oh. of, of just Rankle licking a caterpillar. I was just like, <laughs> it was just, just like so hysterical. For some anyway. reason, to me, he's holding it with both hands, like a lollipop, like like a little kid <laughs> with a lollipop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, it's just so silly. Uh, so when Torbrand asks Rankle if he took the ring, Rankle just licks the caterpillar. <laughs> What are you doing, Torbrin thundered? Have you lost your wits? With one last lick, the caterpillar turned back into a ring. Wrinkle stood up and hid the ring behind his back, but the jig was up. Torbrin looked shocked, crestfallen even. Are you going to cry? Wrinkle asked. I saved your life, and this is how you repay me? Torbrin asked. Is it a wishing ring? Wrinkle wondered. I've always wanted a wishing ring. It is not, Torbrin said, but there was a slight warble to his voice. Well, let's find out. I wish for a basket of goodies. Torbrin lunged at him, tripping over the basket of cookies that had suddenly appeared. He was about to lunge again when Rankle held up his hand. Rankle threatens Torbrin, telling him he'll just wish him into a turtle in a swamp miles away from here. And Torbrin is clearly just so disappointed in Rankle. He tells him that their kind is meant to work together to stop this invasion. And they argue, but eventually Torbrin gets through to Rankle when Rankle realizes That if everything is destroyed by the invaders, it could mean Ayara is destroyed too. And Rankle does not want that. But Rankle isn't exactly ready to cooperate. He pushes Torbran on his plan to stop the invaders. And when it's revealed that he won't be able to just wish away the invasion with the ring, so the Phyrexian invasion is just too far powerful and too far reaching, Rankle says he has a plan and wishes for a love potion, which appears in his hand. Torbran is just so mad. Torbran squeaked and spluttered and squeaked again. Rankle hot-footed it out of the cave and down the slope towards Lochthwain. Torbran lumbered behind him, still squeak-spluttering. Have you seen Ayara? Rankle called over his shoulder. She's as beautiful as a sunrise, as delicate as dew on the morning rose, as wide as a thousand sages. Behind him, Torbrand finally found his words. Give me the ring. There's only one wish left. When they finally see Lochthwain, they see that the castle had crashed into the ground. 
its spire canted at an unnatural angle, and its battlements freakishly transformed. The sky writhed with the strange metallic beanstalks. How can you not weep for what Eldraine has become? Torbrun whispered beside him. Legions of Lockthwain knights stood in formation, ready for battle. But they were no longer the regal soldiers he'd seen on the hillside. Their armor had infested their skin, and ropes of red sinew and white spikes had become horrible adornments on their bodies. Blocks of strange dogs slobbered beside grim carriages of white bone and red flesh. There's so many of them, Wrinkle said, awed by the sheer numbers in the valley. A trumpet sounded, and the queen emerged from the grim castle. To Wrinkle's shock, she was not herself. Her flesh had been replaced with dark plates and glowing embers. Spikes jutted out of her arms and face. Her heart beat within a hollow ribcage as she marshaled her troops in a harsh, unfamiliar language. Wrinkle stared at the love potion clutched in his hands. Perhaps I was too hasty in my affections. At this point, the ground begins to rumble, and Torbran reveals more about the plan he mentioned earlier. The ground is about to open into a chasm, and they need to lead all the Phyrexians into it. And they need to use the ring to do that. And I'm just going to read this next part to you here. Wrinkle allowed himself one last look at Queen Ayara. Then he gazed into the hopeful eyes of the dwarf. Wrinkle nodded sadly and held out the ring. Torbrand's face brightened until Wrinkle opened his mouth. I wish it would rain, Wrinkle screamed. Shocked, Torbrand sank to the ground in despair. You've killed us all. I wish it would rain this, Wrinkle finished, holding up the love potion. Instantly, the skies opened and drops of pink rain began to fall. Nearby, the ground roiled and cracked open with a thunderous boom. A great rift slashed across the valley where solid ground had been moments before. The enchanted rain drenched the hordes, who milled about in confusion. Behold me, Rankle screamed to them, for I am your king. Wait, Torbrand cried. What are you doing? There's so many of them, Rankle said gleefully. Wait till Mag sees me now. Torbrand grabbed for him, but Rankle easily dodged and leapt off the hillside. Flapping his one good wing, he clumsily soared towards the chasm. By now, every twisted knight, twittering abomination and gargling monstrosity had their eyes on the fairy, who landed near the edge of the chasm. Rankle hot-fluttered along the edge. Under the influence of the love potion downpour, they were instantly love-struck by the tiny fae. Hearts aflame, the entire legion moved in mass towards their heart's desire. Rankle stopped on the edge and faced off against the chittering masses. Catch me if you can, he howled and fell backward into the chasm. Wave after wave followed him, pouring over the edge like love-struck lemmings. Desperately flapping, Rankle managed to hover midair as the legions hurled themselves toward him and fell to the bottom of the chasm. Pleased by the longing in their beguiled eyes, Rankle drank in their screeches of adoration. Suddenly, a new sound competed with the wails and meaty thuds of falling hordes. It was a beautiful sound, ancient, powerful, and familiar. It was both nowhere and all around him, a powerful spell of many voices, Rankle realized. He was getting sleepy, and his lone wing was no longer holding him aloft. As he slowly sunk toward the bodies piled up below, Rankle could see that everyone in the chasm had fallen into an unnatural sleep. Must be part of Torbrand's plan, Rankle thought to himself, not caring at all. Surrounded by his devoted admirers, he slowly drifted down to rest on a throne of fallen admirers. He'd never felt so wanted. He'd never been so loved. 
So Rankle, in his thieving, mischievous, crazy ways, just saved Eldraine. Yeah, like he didn't even listen to what Torbrin's plan was at all and still managed to help him execute it, which I think if he had actually sat down and listened to the plan, he would have messed it up, right? On purpose. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So it's like good that that he did it. Yeah, and I I just love that Rankle saved Eldraine in the most rankle fashioned oh yeah it just it was it was beautiful it was just beautiful it was absolutely delightful and you know just to give like a little peek behind the curtain here like natalie and i we go back on back and forth on writing the episodes but natalie does write the majority of the episodes but every now and then i'm like i want this one and this was one of those for me where i read uh, the story for this one multiple times and wrote the uh wrote this this podcast script and it was so much fun i just had such a blast reading this i laughed so hard it's poetic in its own way. It's true to Eldraine in that everything's a little bit twisted. It stays true to fairies and their, their you know, cunning and mischievous nature. It gives me castles. It gives me knights. It gives me queens. It's everything I hope for in an Eldraine story all in this one piece. And I just enjoyed it so very much. Me too. And it's such a, I said this at the beginning of the episode, but it's definitely true. Like, I, I never truly laughed out loud like I did during reading this like episode and actually laughing on the podcast too is like it's such a refreshing change of tone from the Phyrexian invasion that we've been spending the last four seasons on and it makes me so so excited for season five that is actually dropping right around the corner which is all Eldraine I'm I'm so excited to to laugh and explore knights and fairy tales and all of that that comes with Eldraine. Um, it was is definitely a, a much needed tone shift, I think. Absolutely. If you, like us, loved this episode, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more. This episode was just so much fun to read. We encourage you to head to mtgstory.com to check out this story in its entirety. We will see you next season, but until then, have a magical day. day.